0: starting in Second John, verse 6. <clears throat> <Which chapter>? <laughs> <laughs> and this is love that we walk after his commandments. Right. Somebody wants to know what love is? There it is. Somebody said, what's well, love? Walk after his commandments. And I think that's part of your question tonight, too. It's,
1: it's, it's every, everywhere you look.
0: And this it is, is the is commandment it. that you've heard of him from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers are in it into the world. Who confess not that Jesus Christ has come into flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're Jew or whoever they are. If they say Jesus is not the Messiah. Christ means Messiah. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means Messiah. That Jesus is the Messiah. You understand that? Mm-hmm. If anybody doesn't confess that Jesus the Messiah has come into flesh. He's a deceiver. And he's an antichrist. And 1 and John says he's a liar.
1: Repeat what you just said.
0: Repeat that. It says, it says uh, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ now Jesus Christ, Christ is not the last name of Jesus. Yeah, it, Christ means Messiah, the anointed one, the, the king of kings, lord of lords, the, the son of God, God in the flesh. Whoever doesn't confess that, he, that Jesus is that, this is a deceiver, Okay, and an antichrist. I do Yeah. And actually, in First uh, John chapter two, it says uh, also that he's a liar. Yeah, he was a liar. Yeah. yeah, he was a liar. So he's a liar, which deceiver means the same thing. And he's an antichrist. He's against Christ. Anti means against Christ. Okay. Look not. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have worked for, but that we receive a full reward. And we don't stop. Continue. Whosoever transgresses, what does that mean? Transgresses means transgression of the law, sin, right? Mr. Moore, whosoever sins and abideth not in the teachings or doctrine of Christ. where we go back to the teaching of Christ, a lot of people, look guys, today, a lot of people avoid the teachings of Christ himself. For instance, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. When Jesus said, if a man look upon a woman," To lust after in his heart. He's committed adultery with her. You know that is a teaching of Christ. And he said. He said right after that. He says he's a guilty of adultery. He says if your eye offend you pluck it out. If your hand offend you cut it off. For it's better to go to heaven. With one hand than to go to hell with two. Now let me ask you something. If I cut something off of my life. If I cut my, if I cut, if I cut my hand off. Is that hand going to grow back? I'm not a crab. It won't grow back. So these people say, well, I, I cut that off my life, but then later on they're doing it again. No, they didn't really cut it off. See, that's why repentance is called real repentance, is you don't go back to your old... Repentance is not to be repented of, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 7. In other words, you don't go back and repent of your repentance. <laughs> so If you cut the hand off, the sin's gone, because you cut it off. You're literally going in circles. Yeah. Yeah, you, you literally are. So, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the teaching of Christ hath not God. That's simple. Wow. He that abides in the teaching of Christ, he's got both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Jesus said, "If you love me, you'll keep my commandments." In John fourteen twenty three, and the Father and I will love you, and we will come and make our abode in, in you. If there come any unto you and bring not this teaching. Don't receive him into your house. Neither bid him godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. That's pretty strong.
1: That's not pretty strong. That's, that's, that's
0: real strong. So what you gonna do? You gonna obey that command there or you gonna just let it slide? You gotta got <laughs> Really and truly, guys, if you go back, we can we can verify that. If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Would you turn there a minute? Let's verify that, then we'll open up yours next. First Corinthians chapter
1: 5.
0: We're going to confirm it. We're going to confirm what's written there and show it to you in another place that says First the same thing. First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 5. Verse what?
1: Verse 9.
0: Verse 9. I wrote into you in a pistol in a writing of mine, a letter, not to company with fornicators. Everybody know what fornicator is, right? Sex out, sex. Period.
1: Is there another meaning beside? I mean, for fornicate I mean, I know that's the meaning there, but I mean, is this the meaning? Well, you
0: could fornicate with the world. See, that's what I you know, said. you that's can, I mean. like he said, you adulterers and adulterers. You know, that's because right. you love the world, you, yes. God is your belly. So but this, most this most here, people is people talking people. mainly about someone because First Corinthians five is talking about the fornicator that fornicated with his stepmother. Yeah. So the context of it is this man yeah. is, is is having sex. Well, so God. if a man yeah. who calls him brother or, a brother or sister is having sex, he's considered a fornicator. What, well, do you
1: ser- like circumcision of the heart? That's a couple different meanings. Yeah. circumcision.
0: The heart is yeah, that's that's where you are a new creature. Yeah. Would you? No, I say this version, the CEV version, says associate with sexually immoral people. Oh. Sexually immoral. That's good. Yes. Okay. Don't don't associate with don't company. Don't associate with sexually immoral immoral people. Because what? Again, in Second Corinthians six, if you go there, it says what fellowship or what darkness. what what communion does light have with darkness or a believer with an unbeliever? In Second Corinthians six. So here it's saying the same thing. You're basically taking a believer and unbeliever. And I want to ask you a question while I have this in front of me. I want you to think about what we're talking about is. Would it be better, almost better, to um, be around somebody that's totally doesn't know the Lord and totally in the world and that's a fornicator than be around somebody that's professing Christian that's a fornicator? Okay, just keep that in your head. What's the best out of those two evils, right?
1: You better be a person that didn't know
0: better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so in that harshness, what's happening today? If you got 70-something percent of men looking at a pornography on a regular basis, that's the same as fornication. And you're hanging out with them in the buildings called the modern-day churches, what are you doing? <laughs> wow. That's pretty strong, but he says, "Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or with the idolaters. For then must you needs go out of the world, because we got to buy groceries. We got to, you know, do different things. You, you're going to have to be had to buy a TV, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but now I've written unto you." Listen to this. This is important. This is what we talked about, what you talked about in 2 John. But now I have written unto you, not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or a covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner, such a one don't even socialize with. Don't even eat with. What else you got, deal on anything? Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it, you know, like today, you were talking about the commandments: Thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt not murder, Thou shalt not covet. But I feel like the commandments are more than just just that, just those those out those those rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like everything they say that that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, all that big huge list, that's commandments.
0: Right. You know, don't do that. Well, uh, that's trying. why Jesus said all the commandments are summed up in two of them. The first two, love, thy Lord with all your heart. love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything, all the sin, all the commandment, everything's summed up in those two, because you, love doesn't work any ill to his neighbor. So that kind of sums up, you know, everything. If you're loving your neighbor as yourself, if you're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, you're not going to break any of these, because you're not going to have any ill to your neighbor. But here it's saying, go ahead. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good, Don. Exactly. Same thing that he's saying in Second in John to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So, lest I receive, because I won't receive it. In the next verse after that, Second Corinthians 7 1 says, Let us therefore cleanse our hands from all filthiness of flesh and blood, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord, which is no chapters in Greek. So, be careful when you're reading your Bibles, when there's chapters, ignore chapters. Because there's really so no chapters there, in Greek. Did you,
1: say, did you say there's chapters ignore chapters?
0: Ignore chapters. Okay. In other words, like say if I'm going, for instance, if I'm going in first John and I'm reading, say first John 1.9, if I confess, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me okay. and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Okay. Then I read the next verse that says, If I say I have not sinned, Meliar the truth is not in me, then the next verse says, My little children, I'm writing to you that you sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate, the Father the righteous one Jesus wow. Christ. There's no separation there. When he's talking about my little children, i write in to you that you sin not. Then he's still talking to the same thing that he was talking to chapter one about. He's still talking about that person that's, that's just coming in. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? When he's saying, it's not supposed to be taken like separate from from, from first chapter to second chapter. It all runs together. So in the context of it all running together, you... You know, or if you separate, you're trying to say, well, if anybody sins, he has an advocate with the Father, the righteous one, Jesus Christ. No, he's saying if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin. Because if you sinned, you had this advocate with the Father. That's why you can confess it and get it right and get cleansed. It's not something that he's trying to write to you like it's something that's going to be ongoing. He's, he's writing it with in conjunction with those other scriptures. OK, so let's get back to here now. Right, he says here, <clears throat> verse 12, we left off at verse 11. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not you judge them that are within. But then that with, and they, those that are without God judges, therefore put away from yourself that wicked person. So basically what we're seeing here is, what we're seeing here is, is not to socialize with those that are, Calling themselves Christians.
1: The whole world calls
0: themselves Christian. The uh, whole you, world calls themselves You're pretty much right. No, I'm not, I'm 80, 85% of, of um, America says that they are, that they are, they are Christians. In the, she's right. In the South, when I lived in California, it wasn't like that. And when, I lived, when we lived in California, it wasn't like that at all. There's
3: a form of God.
0: But we're in the Bible Belt. Yeah. Well, That's the
3: thing. I see what you're saying, though, with, like, chapters. Because, like, I think that a lot of people can get uh, so caught up in, but this chapter says this, but then this chapter says right. this. And they get so stuck on creating a doctrine out of one chap- out of one verse or one chapter instead of reading the entire chapter yeah. or the entire verse and you separate verse 11 mm-hmm. through verse th- from verse yeah. 15 or for verse 1 through verse 6. And then you say, "Well, this says isn't we debating about the same chapter but separate verses when they really complement each other instead of against each other?" And so I, I see what you're saying when you say ignore verses or ignore chapters, just read the Bible.
0: And There's no capital it. words in, the, in in Greek either. There's right. no capitals. You know, like people will say, "Well, that's with a capital G or that's with you know this or that." It's no chapters and there's no there's no there's no chapters and there's no capital letters.
3: Yeah, because anyway. I have had a guy actually tell me, "He bro, you telling me you have no sin.'" Brother, the Bible says that you're a liar. And I said, well, read the next verse. He said, well, I don't need to read the next verse. I said, but you need to read the next verse because you need to get the context of the, of, the, of the passage. He said, but this verse
0: can't is isolate
3: me that you're a liar. I said, but <laughs> you need to read the next verse because the next verse tells you. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm, I'm really telling you. Yeah, speak.
0: scripture interprets scripture and, and, and we don't want to isolate yeah. it.
3: Uh, the next verse says, But if you confess your sin, he's just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He's faithful
0: to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness.
3: Yeah. So he goes from saying
1: that uh, who says they're without sin is a liar and the truth is not him. That person, he goes in and puts you, in, if you have a stumble, you can ask for forgiveness.
3: No. Yeah, basically, no, 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 no. Basically, what he, basically, this is what he was saying. I told him, I said, Brother, I walk blamelessly in the eyes of the Lord every day. Not, not boasting. Right. I'm just. Walking, I'm just praying, I walk religiously in the eyes of the Lord every day. And he said, "Brother, according to this scripture, you're a liar." And I said, "Well, if you read, I'm gonna bring each
0: one as I'm they talk." The so Could you false, do that for it's me? Not
3: scriptural. Oh yeah, right. The
1: whole, the whole spiel <laughs> about uh, God doesn't see my sins. <laughs> what do you got going on? Go ahead. Keep talking. Huh? That, that we're covered by the blood, God doesn't see our sins. We're covered. All He sees is Jesus. Whenever, whenever we, uh, Stay there. Stay there. whenever we sin, He doesn't see our sin. We're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Dan. If you go back and, and you read that, now that you understand, you have an understanding of that well, the, the Gnostics, but when, when Constantine, I don't know if you knew Constantine is he was, a, Constantine was a was a Roman ruler, and. There was a lot of Christian persecution. He stopped that. But what he did is he, he had all the pagans and all to come together into the, Catholic, into the universal church, which today is known as the Catholic Church. And when he did that, he, a lot of them brought their doctrines and integrated them with the, with the Catholic Church doctrines. That's why you have Christmas on December 25th. We know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. They were grazing. The shepherds were grazing. It was impossible. Easter is having bunny rabbits, you know, and well, I'm not going to get into all that, but it was a pagan holiday was brought in with that. All these things, and so Const- but when Constantine did that, if you weren't, you, everybody had to go into the universal church. If you didn't, you'd be burned at the stake. So everybody came in, and St. Augustine at that time was a Gnostic. Well, he didn't want to be burned at the stake. His mother was a Catholic, so he, he came in with him. But he was a monk, he became a monk, and he brought this doctrine over from the Gnostics into the universal church, along with um, uh, being born with Adam nature and being born with a sin nature, all that came into the church. And a lot of it still resides, as we know today, that we still have problems with. But, so, so John was, was confronting that, and like, like um, Brother Cedric said, If you look at verse 9, listen to what it says. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. So if you confess your sin, the question I would have to ask you is, did God forgive you for his sin? He said, yeah, well, that's what the scripture says. I'm going to believe that God forgives him if I confess him. Right? And he says, and he also cleanses you from all unrighteousness, from all sin. So you're going to believe that you clean from all sin. Right? You believe that. So you... You've been forgiven. You clean of all your sin because you confessed it to the Lord, and now you're going to turn from sin and repent. What's supposed to be next? But that doesn't happen with a lot of people. But anyway, if I was to ask you right after you confessed your sin and you and and you believe God to cl- cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and I said, Ben, do you have any sin in your life? What would you say?
1: I've heard I've heard it was pretty yeah, no, I have any sin?
0: No. No, that's right. So that answers verse eight. Then. You see, because verse 8 can't possibly be, mean what they I, say. I, I'm completely. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm just, okay. No, no, I'm, I'm with it. I'm completely. Okay, I just wanted you to understand oh, no, the context of that scripture. Because the scripture also says that the one who says he knows him, does not which is three verses later. And keeps not his commandments, he's the liar. And the truth's not in him. So you have to say, oh, you got a conflicting verse there. Or if you precede that verse and says the one who says he walks in the light and walks in darkness, he is a liar. And the truth's not in him. So both those don't go with it. It's like Trent said. You got to take the context of what he's talking about and use the other scriptures too. You can't cherry pick scriptures or isolate per- scriptures. You have to let the scripture and the context of the scriptures interpret what it's is time. being said. And that's what that's what basically said. Okay, good. Okay. So,
1: it, I mean, it, it scripture. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading, and uh, the scripture is
0: constantly That's right. That's cool. Okay. You want to ask your question. Go ahead. All right. So
3: this is my question. My question is, what does it mean to preach in love? Let's take one at a time. Okay. So what does it mean to preach in love? And does this have anything to do with emotion or feeling or the tone of your voice?
0: Okay. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and let's talk about love a minute. Okay. In, In 1 Corinthians 13 and throughout the scriptures what love is what love is, and is not. <clears throat> First of all, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing to the church and talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healing, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, all these different gifts that God gives severally through the body as he wills by the Spirit of God. But then he ends the chapter, chapter 12, and, and says that, yet I show unto you a more excellent way, the best way. And that best way, that excellent way, is the way of love. Because he starts off in chapter 13, and he says, If I give all my goods to the poor, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. If I give my body to be burned, and have not love, it profits me nothing. If I have have all faith and all knowledge, and have not love, it profits me nothing. So the main thing to get is to get love. In 1 John chapter 4, it says that God is love. Okay, so we know that God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is the example of what love really is. And then it describes love by some attributes uh, starting in verse 4. Charity and love are the same word. So let's just use love, if you you would let me, in verse 4. Instead of the word charity, and let's go, first of all, love suffers long. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12. 4, 13, 4. 1 Corinthians 13 and because, verse 4. Because charity means love. Charity means love. So we can use those words. They, they the same. You know, charity, love is, is of giving, is, is love. So that word is used in place of it many times. Yeah. Love suffers long. In other words, it don't give up, it continues. Jesus said that himself, if you continue my word, then you my disciples, it doesn't give up. And it's kind. I want to stop there just a minute, okay? Because I want you to understand. What kind is? Can somebody tell me, not necessarily what you believe, tell me what the world or even a lot of the modern day church considers to be kind? Give me some examples. Um, Huh? Make them feel good. Make you feel good. If you're not making them feel good, you're not kind. Is that right? Okay.
3: To not not be offensive.
0: To not be offensive. Don't say anything that's going to make them upset because you're not being kind, right? Not. Don't argue, right? Okay, anybody else? Okay, what do you, I'll go here, don't you say anything, maybe not Don either, but well, what do you feel kind is? What do you feel kind is? Consideration for other people. Consideration for other people is kind, okay. Uh, then a lot of times they probably wouldn't, people wouldn't know if you're being kind or not, because they don't know if you really consider have a consideration for them, depending on what you say or how you say it, right?
1: Well, if-
2: Uh, you say? I don't know. Okay. Instance, uh, for instance, today, when that woman was starting to get upset, yeah, I just,
0: you know, like,
2: you yeah. up when you came on, and I'll help you. And, and, and that, yeah, she's probably still mad. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, then Pastor Moore came over. And, and, um, and he talked to her, and he told her to move out the way that all these other people needed to get their food. Somebody could consider that he wasn't kind. Or that She could consider that, well, he's not being considerate of what I'm, my needs are, and he's not being kind, if that's what you mean, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm getting you in a corner now. She, she definitely misread there.
2: it. Uh, I mean, but he misread her, too, because she had kids in the car. Yeah, but she and it was cold.
0: for each kid, but I'm not going to go over the situation. That's not what yeah. I'm trying to do anyway. I'm just trying to establish something. Okay, now I want, I want to change your thinking on this, okay? Let me let me get you, let me just, I'm not going to try to make you change your thinking, but I'm going to make you ch- look in a different direction, think in a different direction, and then interpret that word. Can I do that? Okay, I want you to consider Jesus. He's kind. I mean, he's love, right? Perfect love is Jesus, which Jesus always with the world, or with the church world says, was he always kind in that respect? First of all, let me you this. Was Jesus always kind? No. Yes. Yes. Has to be. Because he's love, right? And love is kind, right? You'd have to say Jesus was, was kind. You got that, right? Yes. Okay, then... But I like what you said, though, Terry, because you said no immediately because you thought of some things that Jesus did that didn't seem very kind. <laughs> all right? So I'm with you on that, okay? I'm not, I'm not knocking you. The only thing that comes to me when he wasn't kind is when he went in there in the
1: den and
0: threw up all the tables. And, <laughs> yeah, but was him. he kind then? He, he had to be kind, right? Because he's kind. He had love. <laughs> Come on now. Think about it. Let me, give you, let me give you another thing to think of, okay? John, he was just and some of the things might not have been so.: what we would think kind, but, he was always- but it's our definition of kind. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Jesus thought past that person's feelings because he wanted to save their soul. He was kind enough to turn those tables over and to stop those money changers to show them that they had their hearts in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. What would have been unkind to Jesus was to do nothing and not do that and let them all go to hell. But he was kind enough to speak the truth Amen. in whatever man he did. If that's the case, if, if we measure kindness and a lot of people say, well, you're just not very kind, then you'd have to measure, measure John the Baptist who stood up and said, man, wh- wh- who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Uh, you generation of vipers! <laughs> that doesn't seem very kind. It's kind of like the uh, the story that
2: you tell about uh, the man, with, your your neighbor, with his house on fire.
0: Yeah, yeah, up that's up good. There. Yeah. Are you going to be kind to him and let him sleep, or course, yeah, put out the fire? Or you exactly. Up, you know. So so. I think it's too
2: kind if you go pick him
0: pocket. So sometimes, you know, people will tell you things. And, and accuse you of sin when it's not really sin. It's the motive of your heart that you're bringing it forth for, for, you see. Oh, well, you're being harsh. I've had that accusation come to me and say, well, you were harsh with that person because you told them something in front of other people. Well, John, I just told that in front of all of them. you, Generation of Vibers. Jesus told in front of all of them, he says, man, you are of your father, the devil. Come on, Jesus, that's not very kind, is it? To the world's standards. And he's a liar just like you are. He told him. He told him unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have eternal life. Seventy of his disciples walked away and he didn't even try to explain what he was saying. He let them go and invited the other 12 to leave as well. Stephen, before he got stoned to death, he said, You stiff-necked and hardened people who always do err. And they began to bite on him with, his, with their teeth. All these people walked in perfect love. And that was the love of God. They said those things in and did those things. Jesus said, I come, John the Baptist came to you neither eating nor drinking. And you said he had a demon and he was a mess. He said, I come to you both eating and drinking. And you say, I'm a wine bibber and a drunkard and a friend of sinners they accuse Jesus of being a sinner of being unkind and harsh but he says you judge after appearance yeah. but god judges righteous judgment to be kind to someone is not necessarily telling them what they want to hear it's probably not at all but it's telling them what they need to hear That's right. that you're trying to save their soul and you're trying to wake them up so you see that attribute and I was the same way. I, I had somebody tell me, tell, tell you that about somebody else maybe was saying about me or whatever. And I said, well, let me go look at that. Maybe they're right. Maybe I'm not being kind. And then the Lord just started showing me like things that he said and did. <laughs> he said, they didn't come across kind to of the world. The world's not going to think you're right or, you're, or you are know, you can't look for everybody to agree with you. Paul said, if I be the servant of men, then I'm not the servant of God. Judge, let God judge you according to his word. Let him point it out. Be careful that, People don't condemn you for something that just because it's in their mind that they think and it's outside of God's word. Like you said, that person said you when you, he told you that, no, you couldn't be right because and, it is. And
3: this is what he did. He went on and on and on until I just said, just please read both of the verses together. And when he read both of the verses together, he said, man, this really makes sense. Mm. I said, from the beginning, you could have just read both of the verses but she was so stuck on that one verse. I said, you know, see how that makes sense, you know? he said. Doctrines are
0: built like that, false doctrines. Just yeah. read the whole thing.
3: Yeah. But uh, my next question would be, what model does Jesus give us on how
0: to preach in love? I think we pretty much just talked about that. Yeah. And, and there's, there are different situations with different people. The Lord handles scribes and Pharisees differently than he did the sinners and Republicans. Uh, he was he was uh, gentle uh, to the woman at the well. For instance, you know he was gentle with her um, because she wasn't trying to be religious or trying to know it all or trying to condemn him. She was just honestly wanting to know, and so he was he was more gentle with her. Uh, whereas others he talked to, he was very sharp with. And so it's it's you can't have a a, a particular formula. You have to be led by the spirit of what God's gonna have you to say and not to say and uh, to, to share with somebody else. Um, sometimes, he, like I said, sometimes it'll have you be softer and sometimes not. The Bible says in uh, the book of Timothy, if you'll turn there. I think it's Second uh, Timothy chapter four. 1st 2nd Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2 It says, uh, "Preach the word. Be instant, already in season and out of season. Reprove What should reprove mean? Like correct, right? Rebuke really Rebuke somebody, whatever, that's in the wrong way. Exhort, in other words, encourage or advise, with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come, so he's, he's saying uh, to do it this way the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall will heap to themselves itch teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. Um, there's also another scripture, um, what is, what scripture says, um, Don, if you'll look it up for me real quick, it says, let your speech be with grace seasoned with salt. Somebody find me that scripture. I know it's one of the later chapters here.
2: Uh,
0: Colossians, uh, four Colossians. Turn to Colossians chapter four. Yeah, verse six. Thank you. Uh, let's start at verse five. Walk, he says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without those that don't know the Lord. Redeeming the time, taking the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. So you have both there. You have grace and you got it's got some salt. What does salt do? You got a wound. What is it going to do? Burn. It's going to burn. It hurts. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. All my state shall take his, so forth. Another one is in 1 Peter. Chapter
2: three.
0: Chapter three, Chapter three, Verse, one. Verse fifteen, it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evil doers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you your good way of living in Christ. That's three good scriptures on how you to speak to others. Okay? That should answer what you asked. Uh, Cedric, did you have some, another question there? That's all the, that's all, that was the end of your questions? I thought you had a big list.
3: I believe my last question was, um, <clears throat> would you be able to also give us uh, other examples? So you just told us about Jesus. But there were other other examples as well, like John the Baptist had a way of going and preaching in love. Yeah, we talked Paul about that. Uh, yeah, love. exactly. So that was yeah. my last question.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so when you when you look at something like that in the scriptures, and you're trying to define a, a particular scripture of what it actually means, use other examples in the scripture. Use okay. Well, how did Paul minister this? How did Jesus minister this? And, and you'll get a more full meaning of what he's saying. He's saying, well. If I'm supposed to be like they're telling me I'm supposed to be, and I'm just supposed to be kind and in and, and, and the way that the world says to be, and, not, and I've heard preachers preach and say, look, you've got to be a peacemaker. you got to, uh, even if you don't agree, try things you agree on and don't talk about the things you don't agree on so you can be at peace, you know, and you don't have any ruffles. You know, well, that's not what the scripture teaches. Jesus didn't do that. It would, they would have never hung him on a cross. They hung him on a cross because they opposed what he had to say. Because they didn't want to hear what he has to say, because it cuts them, cuts them to the core. Look at uh, uh, John chapter three. Scripture comes to my mind in John three. This is this is the problem. This is what happens, and that's why people will fight you and come at you. Uh, We look at John chapter three and verse. Verse 19, John three nineteen. <clears throat> Jesus is speaking. He says, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil, everyone that sins, they hate the light. They don't want to come to the light. Why? Neither do they come to the light Lest their deeds should be examined, reproved, exposed. They don't want to think about their sin. They want it to go away. But he that doeth the truth, he's glad to come to the light. That his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Praise the Lord. That's the difference. When you were in sin or walked in sin, you didn't want the light because it would show you the truth. And a lot of people don't want the truth. They want to think they're okay. And that's what they're being told in the modern day churches today. You're okay in your sin. Jesus said that he, look at Matthew chapter 1. From your sin. Yeah, Matthew 1. And verse 21. This is the purpose. This is what Jesus came for when he talked about his birth, what he was coming for. In verse 21, he says, Speaking of Jesus, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, not in their sins, from them. That's what Jesus did. Okay. Anybody else have anything on that?
1: Lately, is that people feel like it's not kind to talk to somebody about um, if they're homosexual. You know, it's just politically incorrect to tell someone that that's wrong in any way, shape, or form. So to me, it's like nowadays
2: they feel like it's not kind to point out sin, but really, Kindness. it's it's love to point out sin yeah, because yeah. you're trying so, to save oh, them. Jesus and I, did. Yeah. He
0: pointed out sin. Look, okay, look with me to in Luke chapter six.
1: Well, before you go there, let me, let me ask you this. Man. Okay, so just say, and this isn't me personally, but just say you're in the workplace and you're working with a homosexual. Well, number one, there's a lot of rules, regulations, things that you just can't say without getting written up. But I know you should say them because you've got Jesus backing you and that is what it is. But how would one approach just be led by the Spirit in, in saying something like that? But if you just say you didn't say something, and you just you know, well, I'll just be led, and you walk off, and that person's in that sin. Is it just? Is it? I mean,
0: there's a lot of thoughts. It. There's a list of, script, of, of sins in First Corinthians six, and one of them is is uh, six and ten. It, it, one of them, one of the sins is homosexuality, but there's also a lot of other sins covered there too, like adultery, fornication, murder, all these other sins. So uh, the penalty for that sin is is basically the penalty for the rest of those sins too, and that's yeah. that they don't have eternal life. So a lot of times you may see somebody is homosexual, but you also may see somebody that's living with his girlfriend or so forth. So uh, just the same way you tell that homosexual something, you should also tell the, what one, the other one so. with that so there's no difference. So if you're not going to tell either one okay. of them, the scripture says that or if we see if we come to the wicked and we don't warn them of their sin, their blood is upon our hands. Uh, you know whether they whether they repent or not, that's not up to us. The Bible says in first Corinthians three that one plants and another waters and God gives the increase. but we're to share the truth like we talked about how to share it today and and to share the truth and to say, you know listen, you know the Lord would have you to turn from your sin. To find that place of godly sorrow for what the Lord did for you. And if you want to have eternal life, we, you must turn from all your sin. Whether It's not just homosexuality. It's not just fornication. It's all of your sin and follow the Lord. So we don't just try to isolate sin. Now, John the Baptist, we have in a case where John the Baptist did it with Herod and Herod's wife. He said, you've taken your brother's wife. You know, and you're guilty of that. And he pointed out that sin to him, yeah. and he said, "You need to let you send your brothers." Why? It cost him his head. Don, Sorry. that's what you were going to say. Uh, no, no. <laughs> it cost him his head to tell, to say that because that woman was so mad at him for trying to get them breaking for breaking them up and trying to get John was trying to get that woman to go back to her husband, which was Herod's brother. That when she had opportunity to do something back to John. Through her daughter, she had his head cut and put on a charger, a platter, and brought back to her. True. So it, it caused something
1: True.
0: to, it cost Jesus' his life. It cost John the Baptist his life. It cost Stephen his life to speak up. And it may cost you yours. It may cost you yours. It may cost you job. It may cost you yours, whatever, but that doesn't it keep us from speaking out, up. Uh, the, one time they tried to, to get the uh, disciples to not preach in Jesus' name anymore. And they were very clear when they said, is it better to obey man or to obey God? When it comes to obeying man or God, you obey God. Absolutely. You know, whether man has a law or not, it doesn't matter. You obey God. Don?
2: Yeah, James 5, uh, 19 says, uh, My brothers and sisters, if one should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude
0: yeah, amen. Does that answer your, your question? Yeah, no, I, and I kind of. You it, know which I, one. I is yeah. One I, know. Already, but what I
1: was saying the homosexual thing is because it's sometimes it's just so blatant. That
0: they're you don't. You right. basically don't treat them any different than the fornicator or the adulterer or any of them. Right, you know? Yeah. It, and exactly. and and sometimes the, the, you know people do that. They'll treat the homosexual different than the fornicator, but really they're both in trouble. You know it's that what really, yeah, How yeah, can you just, say something about? If you're a fornicator, how can you say something about a homosexual? You don't have any right to say that. And, and we're going to go to Luke 6 and I'm going to tell you why, too. Okay, let's go to Luke 6. Luke 6. <clears throat> Verse 39. Jesus speaks and says, Can the blind lead the blind? Can they? Can a blind help man help another man? Can a homosexual help a, a fornicator or a fornicator help a homosexual? They're both blind. Well, how are they gonna help them? Both going to help them? I'm, I'm fascinated by people like I talked to someone the other day, and they said, "Well, I do pretty good, but I, I still have a problem at work. I, I start cussing, you know, because I get angry and I, all this filthy language comes out of my mouth, but I can't wait to go into ministry and be able to minister and help people. Man, you're blind. How are you going to help some more blind people? That, that's basically, am I right? I mean, that's basically what it says. If you're blind, you, you can, you know, how are you going to, he said, they going to both fall in a ditch. Done. You, you take two blind men walking down the road, there's a big ditch. they walking right for the ditch. They don't see it. They're going to ride in the ditch. So there's a problem. You got to get that fixed where you're not blind anymore so you can help the man that, that has, that is blind. You see, see what I'm saying? So look what the scripture says. And then Jesus says, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Well, the, uh, People say, well, you can't ever be perfect, so how are you going to be like your master? Jesus said, if you're perfect, you're going to be like your master. What
3: verse?
0: Verse 40. Verse 41. And why do you look, behold thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but you don't see or perceive the beam that is in thine own hand, eye? So if you got a beam up in your eye, Don, you work with those big beams you build houses with and stuff. I'm at your... I got some big beams here. Okay, if I put that beam up there and put it right in front of you, how you go? you think you're gonna be able to see on the other side of that beam? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> you gonna see, man? You got that beam up in front of your eye. And you up there, you got this beam, y'all. Let me help you get that little twig out of your eye, that little splinter. Come here, I'm gonna help you. I don't want that guy touching my eye. You ain't seeing what he's gonna see. get out. Let me
2: say something. If you had a speck, and I had a speck in, in my eye, and you had a speck in your eye, yours would look like a speck to me, but mine would look like a bean. Oh and yeah, there the you go. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing, yeah. but it's much bigger when it's laying right on top of my eye here.
0: Yeah, you're right. Because you, know, you got to totally keep the eye totally closed, and You can't I mean, see.
2: You're totally focused on it. It's right there in front of you. You're looking past it to see your speck.
0: Ooh. You know, the peck in your eye is pretty painful, isn't it? <laughs> Get that thing out. All right. Verse 42. Either how can you say to thy brother, brother, let me pull out the mote that's in your eye when you yourself can't. Behold, us not the beam that is in your own eye. Thou hypocrite. You know, we talk, a lot of people talk about not judging And this is the time that you're not supposed to judge, hypocritical judgment. That's what the Lord doesn't want. Okay, so judge not lest you be judged. He's talking about hypocritical judgment. When you got a a beam, a a sliver, a moat or a beam in your eye, and you're trying to judge somebody else, you have no room to judge. You have no room to say anything about them because you need to get your life straight. You need to get it right so you can help the other. Watch what he says. Uh, Hypocrite, cast out first. First thing you need to do. The beam that's in your own eye. Get it out. And, and take notice that he says, who's going to cast that? Well, we're just going to pray about it. God's got to help me get this beam out of my eye. Uh, well, one day in the process of sanctification, I'll get this beam out of my eye. It's going to take a while. I'm just going to wait for God to get that beam out of my eye. If God don't help me get this beam out, it's going to stay in my eye, Don. Maybe I can find the right church, get the right doctrine, and y'all that, get this beam out. He doesn't say any of that. He said, you cast out the beam that's in your eye. You do it. You quit sinning. He doesn't say, well, you come to Jesus and eventually your life's going to get better and eventually you're going to quit sinning. No, he says, you quit sinning. You turn from sin. You repent. You leave that sin. He's commanding you to do it. Not to wait for him to do it. He's not going to do it. You're the one that brought the sin on. You made the choice to sin. Now you got to make the choice not to sin. And some people say, well, I just have the power of God to quit sinning. Man, people quit sinning, quit different things. They quit smoking. They quit drinking. They quit alcohol. They quit all kinds of stuff. They don't even know God. Because he's given man the grace of God has appeared to all men so that you can do it. You have the ability. just like you had the ability to make a choice to stop you have an ability to make the choice not to. Or else you could say, well... Not to
3: start. I'm, I'm sorry, that's what you meant to say. That you have the ability to start doing it. You have the ability to stop doing
0: it. That's right. That's, yeah. um, it, otherwise, you would be saying, well, uh, Lord, I know you were supposed to help me stop sinning, but I never stopped sinning because you never really helped me. You could blame it on God. Say, so you never really helped me. I, gave, I put forth a little effort, but you know, I never could stop. That's why he said, resist to the shedding of blood. What does that sound like? Sound like you need to do something. You need to, to turn from your sin, he says. Turn from his sin. Remember what the scripture says in Proverbs 20, 28 15? Uh, he says uh, this He says, uh, He that covers his sin shall not prosper, but, but he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall find mercy. So he's telling you to confess it and to forsake it. That's why he said, Godly sorrow leads to repentance repentance leads to salvation. When you get godly sorrow, you repent. Then God gives you salvation. It's how it works, okay? Just like that. So here he's saying, cast out first the beam out of the eye. That's the first, first, first thing a person needs to do. Right there, it tells you. You got
2: to examine yourself
0: first. Yeah, you, godly sorrow. I got this beam. I can't help my brother. I got to get this thing out. So what am I do? I got to go get this thing out of me. I, I got to stop that. So I'm, he makes his mind to stop it. Jesus didn't tell the rich young ruler that came to him when he said what I need to do to get to heaven. He didn't say, he told him, he said, go sell all you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. And the man walked away. Jesus didn't say, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to help you. (laughs) I'm going to help you overcome that. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Let me tell you how to do it. You just accept me and pray this prayer and you're going to be a lot better. I'm going to show you an easier way. No, he didn't do that. The man walked away sorrowfully because the man had riches and he didn't want to give them up. Yeah, just try. Just try to do the best you can. But, you know, we all sin and we're all going to mess up. <laughs> Never. That's what they say, right? We're all going to mess up. No, nobody's perfect.
3: <sighs> so he
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a bunch. Like You know them. <laughs> so cast out the beam that's on eye, and then... And then, when? After you get it out, shalt thou see clearly. you go like, wow, I see it. (laughs) I can see now to pull out the moat that is in thy brother's eye. How are you going to help somebody if you're blind? All you're going to do is put them in a deeper ditch. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 23. He told the scribes and Pharisees, which were blind, that's who he was talking to. He says, you cross land and sea to make one convert. And when you make him a convert, you make him twofold, the child of hell than yourselves. That's what's happening. And making people twofold, the child of hell than themselves because they teaching them all that same old junk. And tell them, I remember one day I was at, 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 at a particular church and, and I heard the guy that was counseling the people that came forward and all. And he says, First thing he told him when he came out, he says, now, listen, I want you to understand you are going to sin. You are going to fall, you know, and you're going to mess up. We all do. But, and I'm like, wow, kill him right away. Put him on the death penalty right away. Tell him you're going to do this. When you, when you you should have told him, man, you you need, you got to stop sinning. You got to quit. I've heard one person, one preacher say, Don, he said, this is the best you can do is mess up. Do you remember that? The best you can do is mess up out of a person doing his best. That is not true. The basic
2: description of the church that we used to be in was he's yeah. doing
0: the best he can do. Yeah, he can do the best he can do. That's, that's not true. God's given him more ability than that. God's given him the ability to stop sinning. Giving him all things for life that God That's right. And then look what he says right after that. Right after that. A good tree brings not forth corrupt fruit. Look at the context of that scripture. Neither doth the corrupt tree bring forth, forth good fruit. Then he says, for every tree is known by their fruit. The other day one said, well, that's talking about preachers. That's talking about prophets and preachers. No, that's talking about anybody. Talk about a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit.
3: That's done. both well, they say, uh, well, he was doing really good. It just had once, just one thing just came out of him. You know, we're going to let that one slide. It's still that tree.
0: Brother, again, the rich young ruler, how many things did he mess up? How many things did Adam and Eve mess up on? One thing. You know, how many things did Lot's wife mess up on? One thing. How many th- things did Ananias and Sapphire mess up on? One thing. They lied. It only takes one sin to keep you from the kingdom. As a matter of fact, I was looking at in Revelation chapter 21, verse 27 today. And it says, who's going to enter the kingdom? Who's not? And he says, nothing defiled or unclean. Uh, impure, nothing that tells a lie, no lie. No sin is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So how are you going to get in? And they're all basing it on getting in by some covering of Jesus' blood. It amazes me that they can null and void all the teachings of Jesus Christ throughout the gospel, especially Matthew 5, 6, and 7, throw that out and null and void it and listen to some preacher that tells him you're okay and that you're covered by the blood of Jesus and you have his righteousness. You need to trust in the finished work of Christ that that Christ became a curse for you, which it never says, and he took your sin and he became sin, which it never says, in your place.
1: Where do they even, I, heard, I heard pastors say it from that guy. Who, they want to say you know, Billy Graham
0: was one of the guys that said that. Yes
1: you're talking about augustine and, and this. basically guys. the same back the same stuff yeah, they, back then the when you man. start
0: with the sin nature that's where it leads right to that same thing now,
3: Pastor Don, you told me the day, in revelation it doesn't
0: say practice first john it doesn't say practice it's it, it's there's no such word the word does not mean practice it means to do or to execute the greek word phileo yeah. it has it has no practice in it that's a that's a um that's, a, that's a, a, a translation, an interpretation of a translation mm-hmm. is what they are giving you, their translation. Uh, King James doesn't use the word practice. But in Re- Revelation 21, uh, all of their Bibles don't use practice when it names liars and, and all those that will not enter the kingdom of God. It does not even use, they, even their translation doesn't use practice. Uh,
3: uh,
0: verse... Uh, So every tree is known by its fruit. For thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush do do they they gather grapes. When you look at the context of this, it's all talking about the same thing. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. If I got junk coming out of my mouth, where's it coming from? Your heart. heart. And why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do, do not the things that I say. Can I just show you real quick three different, four different places where, you, where they say the same thing? You already, you already know, we've already been through Matthew 7 many times where say, they say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils? We all, we all know that one, right? You also, in Luke 13, if you go there, um, I talked about that a little bit this morning, but look at Luke 13. He says this. Verse twenty-four. Strive to enter in the straight gate. For many I say will to you that will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut the door, and you begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, "Lord, Lord," there it is again. Lord, Lord, open to us. And he shall answer and say, "I know you not. Where well, whence you are? I don't know who you are." Then you then they say, "Oh Lord, you remember? We ate with you. We drank with you. We, we, we hung out with you." Uh, you taught in our streets. You know, you, were, you know, we listened to your word. We heard the preacher, all that stuff. <laughs> and he said, say, man, I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know who you are. And depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I mean, that's going to be such a shock to so many people, Don. The 10 virgins. Look, look at Matthew 20, 25. Matthew 25, real quick. Ten versions. Everybody knows the story. Five with all five. We talked talk about that again this morning. But look at the last part of it. Look at verse eleven. After we came also the other versions saying what, Lord, Lord. They said the same thing, Lord, Lord. Open to us. Same thing they said, and and so, how many times do you have to warn people to tell them, this is going to happen to you? You're going to stand before me on the day of judgment and you are going to say, Lord, Lord, we did all this stuff. Man, we fed the poor. We had all these ministries. We built the churches and filled them up with people. Uh, we did all these things, God. He said, man, I don't know you. You were a worker of sin. You still, we were sinners. I didn't hear your prayer. I didn't see what you were doing. Because you you didn't because you were, you were a worker of sin. What a shock. Man, I went to church every Sunday. I read my Bible every now and then on the projector screen in the church. <laughs> I took communion. I went on a trip to Africa. I went to Bible school. All that stuff. Lord, Lord, let me in. Door shut, buddy. Too late. You were a work of iniquity. So why is it so important? Why do we preach so much about quit sinning? Because there's a lot of people that's going to be there. To Look how many people we got here tonight. You know where the masses are going? they go going hear what they want to hear. It makes them feel good, feel good. And if they think they're going to make it, they're going to be the ones crying out, Lord, Lord. You're more interested in truth than playing church. You're more interested in uh, I like nobody else is around. Like
1: what you said this morning about how the temporary church is trying to widen that, 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 that trying to widen that, that gate. I thought that was a real good. I really liked that statement because it's so it's so true. Yeah. Uh, they so, broaden the gate. They, they're gonna broaden the gate. It says it's very narrow, but they're gonna broaden it because you're you're okay. You're fine. You come get your ticket stamped and do a little tithe, and you're you're great. And they
0: feel good with that. And it's,
1: and it's false. Yeah, it's false. You missed the whole they're deal. They're
0: the you missed the whole thing. Sad, sad thing. There's one other thing, and I'm gonna close. I, I want to ask one more question. Uh, It's a little bit off the subject thing, but I I, I had this in my heart. I didn't want to take too long with it, but I just want to um, give you this uh, just to think of. This is the question. In cooperation with your salvation, what is the part that you do in cooperation for your salvation? And I made a list here, and I want to go over the list, and you probably can, you may be able to add some things to it, but I want you to listen to this list. Now, men say that you're not under the law, that there's nothing you can do for your salvation, that there's nothing you can do by works, you're, you're viewing away with the grace of God, you are fallen from grace, you're not under the law, don't do any of these things. And this is from the scriptures that tells you what you need to do. Listen to this. Amend your ways. Turn from the way you've been going. Ask and receive by faith, working through love. Repentance, we talked about. Lay aside all malice and wrongdoing. Keep the commandments. Love God and one another. Resist the devil. Study to show yourself approved. Hide in his, his word in your heart that you won't sin against him. Draw near to God. Pray without ceasing. Give to those who are in need. Continue in his word. Preach the gospel to every creature. Cast out devils. Abhor that which is evil. Love not the world. Forsake all. Unless a man forsake all that he hath, he can't be my disciple. Put away all murmuring and complaining. Be content in whatever situation you're in. Forgive one another as I've forgiven you. Don't resist persecution. Do the work of an evangelist. Be long-suffering. Work with your hands to give to those in love. Love your wife. Submit to one another. Wives, submit to your husbands. Be not filled with wine where in excess or alcohol. Don't be a stumbling block. Esteem others higher than yourself. Control your tongue. No more no filthy language. Put away that. Believe on the Lord. Stop sinning. Don't worry. Trust God. Rest in the Lord. Keep your mind on the Lord. Meditate on, on His commandments and statutes always. No fellowship with unbelievers. Judge those that are in the church. Visit widows, feed the hungry, fear God, work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Put on the whole armor of God to stand against the wiles of the devil. Be strong in the Lord. Cease from your own wisdom. Prefer not one above another. Live at peace with all men if at all possible. Desire God's gifts. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from freshly lust at war against your soul. Flee from youthful lust. Provoke not your children. Prove not, provo- provoke not one another. Obey those who have the rule over you. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Rejoice always. Give thanks in every situation. Build up one another. And they say, you don't need to do nothing.